0: Welcome to another exciting episode of the Mindful News Podcast. And today we dive into the inspiring story of Frank Su. We're joined by Alan Lau, who's the founder of the Frank Su Foundation, and he's here to share the incredible story of Frank Su, a pioneer for Chinese players in English football. Frank Su was the first Chinese player to represent England, earning nine caps for the national team during World War II. Although these wartime internationals are not officially recognised, Frank's contributions to the sport cannot be understated. In addition to his time with the national team, he also played for clubs such as Leicester and Luton Town. Now, following his playing career, he went on to become a coach and manager, working with clubs in Scandinavia, Italy, and the Netherlands, and his passion for football extended beyond his own career, leaving a lasting impact on the game. It's a fairly unknown story, and this is why it's so exciting to speak with Alan today. Alan's been deeply involved in Chinese grassroots football for over a decade, organising tournaments and fostering a growth of the sport in his community. When Alan discovered Frank's story he felt a calling to share it with the world and inspire others. So with that mission in mind he founded this Frank Su Foundation to benefit everyone involved in football. So support Alan and the amazing work he's doing through the Frank Su Foundation. So visit thefranksufoundation.org.uk and help support there. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our conversation with Alan and learn more about the inspiring story of Frank Su All right, so Alan, first of all, thank you very much for coming down and agreeing to just shed some light into this remarkable story that when you first told me about it, really um, really surprised me. So let, let's just dig straight into that.
1: Firstly, Thank you for inviting me, actually. Yeah, um, no worries. I've been in the Chinese... Like grassroots football for, for yeah, over ten years, and we started off doing lots of um, tournaments. Um, and I think what what really changed it for me, actually, uh, for me, growing up as a kid, I love football. You know, I'm at that age where we were still allowed out to go and play football <laughs> on the streets. Yeah, yeah. like you, you go to school, come home straight straight away, you go out and play football, come home, have dinner, go to bed next day repeat kind of thing so you know football was was part of life really part of part of growing up um so it's always been been there for me Mm -hmm. and when I heard about Frank's story everything just fit I just thought I must be part of this Mm -hmm. I must be I must do something here because it's it's like a calling in some ways and I think especially during lockdowns so like quite recently then yeah, so I'd say I mean I've we set up the the Franksley Foundation in 2017 mm-hmm. um, but it really only started to really go up a few notches during lockdown because we had the Google doodle so before you type in what you're searching for there'll be like a little picture and then yeah 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 yep. yeah so they did one to to remember Frank's oh, really? yeah to remember okay. Frank mm-hmm. and his first uh, England cap yeah. First time you played for England, not an mm-hmm. official cap. Um, and that was the uh, starting gun for me, really. because Since then, everything has just been one thing mm-hmm. after. We're building on, building on, building on. Mm-hmm. And I think being at home with the kids and seeing what, what's what been happening out in the world, um, especially for people from an East and Southeast Asian background, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. The, the world's not a nice place and i just felt i wanted to do something just just that little thing to make it that little bit better mm-hmm. and that's why i've really really put a lot more not just effort but a lot more it's taken over a lot of my life doing the, the Frank C foundation now yeah. because i feel it's important and i feel it's something that i need to do and i think that it, it, it's something that benefits everyone in our community not just our community every,
0: all the community who is Frank Sue for those listening? And yeah, give us an insight into, in, into, into who he is.
1: So Frank, um, he is of Chinese heritage. He's the first person from a Chinese heritage to play in the English Football League. Um, he played for Stoke. Uh, he debuted in 19, uh, 1933. Mm-hmm. Um, so he played for Stoke. He captained Stoke alongside Sir Sally Matthews. Played for Leicester, he played for Luton, mm-hmm. um, and he even actually played for England. Um, but it wasn't an official cap because at that time um, they were international friendlies because of the war. Yeah. Um, so it's not recognized by the FA as an official England game.
0: Yeah, so just to, just to pause there and just to kind of like, you know, my old boss would say double click on that. So someone that's of Chinese you know descent playing for England back in the day so we're talking second world war now yes. we're talking thir- 1930s 1940s right that's right
1: yeah I mean that blows my mind just when you say that like, yeah how is that possible how
0: do we and, and how do we not know about it so yeah. those are the kind of the questions and it's like because as far as any like for the first time you, you were talking about the first time like um person of black origin that played for England in the 70s, right? Yes, yes, Viv Anderson. So Viv Anderson, right? And we're talking about, you know, late 30s now, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I ju- ju- just wanted to make that very clear that, you know, wow, we, this, is un- 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 this is an untold story yep. of someone outside, a foreign person, playing for England. Yeah. So it's, it's, for me, it's amazing. And, you know,
1: maybe if I knew that when I was younger, maybe that would make a difference. And I hope that maybe for any young person now who wants to try and get somewhere in football, maybe that will make a difference. Yes. Maybe there is, you know, because a lot of times we talk about representation and role models, and there isn't that many from our background, mm. from our heritage out there. Yeah. Especially something this monumentous. Mm-hmm. Play for England.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, you play for England. <laughs> So you know, it's,
1: yeah, I mean, when that's why when I was compelled when I heard that, that this yeah. is something I want to be, I want to be part of this. I want to be, you know, I, I need to know about this. I need to tell people about this. Yeah. Um, I, I promise every time I I, I do interviews, that I need to say that I owe a lot to the writer of the book, um, Susan Gardner. She wrote a book called The Wonder of the Story of Frank Sue. Okay. So is that so it there? This is it here, yeah. Yeah, to the camera So so she wrote this book in uh, 2015 2016 and it's it's just amazing how she's had to go through so much find so much information out like really go through the archives to find out about his life to find out about how you know and it's there's still a lot of information that we don't know yeah so he managed in uh, Scandinavia. So he won the uh, Swedish league with a team called Jurgardens. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not actually that much information about his time in mm-hmm. Scandinavia. Yeah. Um, there's not much information about his time. He, he managed in Italy for a bit uh, mm. a team called Padoa. Yeah. And no one really knows about his time there. Are these division, the top division clubs or these? So Padoa is a, a lower division club. Yeah. But um, I think uh Buffon. Buffon came from there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not totally uh, a random yeah, 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 sort yeah. of team mm-hmm. so it's but it's not a very uh, high well not not a, not the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the teams in Scandinavia, so I said he he won with gardens IF. I went there last month and I went to watch a um UEFA Conference League game. Mm. So
0: they they are they are a, a good standard. Yeah. Um he he even he And was it Frank and that that story that drove that that led you there. Yes, that was the reason why. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I'll touch on that a bit. Bit, okay. bit later too. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, I owe a lot to Susan, and I'll recommend anyone who wants to
0: know more about it to buy her book. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's what's really intriguing for me is that we hear so much now on TV of, you know, footballers taking a knee, mm-hmm. and we, we, cut racism out mm-hmm. and it's a very very important thing especially in the premier league you know, i can speak you know to what i know mm. but very as little is talked about the perhaps the racism behind the scenes at the you know at, in, in employing footballers mm. and getting them through the youth system and mm-hmm. because england is now quite heavily represented by you got the Asians, the Indians, right. and the the Chinese, and Africans, oh. and all, all sorts. That that's the beauty of of the UK, right? It's yes. so yes. diverse. However, in football, there's certain communities that are underrepresented. Yes, definitely, right? definitely.
1: I think I'll caveat that a lot though with saying that to get into football is really tough. Yeah, not many people can make it to the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of all the academy players
0: mm-hmm. who go through the system, yeah, a very
1: small minority will ever,
0: yeah, become and it should be on merit versus color of skin anyway, yeah. right? Yes. It, that, that's so first that's, and foremost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're totally right that there isn't.
1: It's very rare to see people from from Asian, not just East and Southeast Asian, but Asians in general, mm-hmm. um, and some would say that is down to institutional racism. I'm a bit more hopeful. Yeah. I'm only I've only been in this this game not very long, so maybe maybe I haven't really seen it enough to uh-huh. know that it is that like that. But I think there are things that that football is doing to try and be more inclusive. Um, it, it, it could be worse, but it could be a lot more better. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're asking too, like what other players are coming through, there are there are players from East and Southeast Asian backgrounds who are coming through the system. Um, so, for example, um, Perry Young, who's at Cardiff, mm-hmm. um, and Alfie Chong at Birmingham. So there are there are players, yep. there are people coming through. Yep. Um. But you're right. Why? Why hasn't there been more?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So, and I think the way that football set up, it is a thing which is very hard to to break down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because obviously you can't.
0: Yeah. You would
1: like to go and knock. Not hold the doors down and, and you know, bring through, but but it's a bit like an old boys' club, kind of yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's the same in, in lots of other industries, yes, yeah, I, yeah. I'd assume. Um, so it's just that it's more visible in football, yes, and mm. in sports, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, there is there is a degree of the old sports, you know, old, old boys' club, yeah, yeah. I mean. um, mm. But then on the other hand, I feel there are people in these organizations which are trying to do things, which are trying yeah, to help. Yeah, yeah. But it's a it's a process. Yeah. It's gonna be a process. How fast that process is, mm-hmm. some people wanna say it's gotta be quicker. I don't know. I've I've only started my journey, so I'm I'm still figuring this out myself. But
0: highlighting stories like Frank Sue is going to be one oh yes. Massive, you know yeah, leap the, forward in that.
1: It's the education piece, is the
0: heritage piece, is the thing is the
1: it's educating people to know that actually mm. you can, we can. Yes. We've done it before. Yeah. So why not again? So, and there are there are other people in the in history that have done it. So for example, um, Sammy Chong, he played for Watford, he managed Wolves. He's mm. another player that's, you know, sort of lost in yeah. history. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, no, definitely you, you're right that the highlighting, the the fact that Frank existed, and it's quite funny too, because when you go to places like Stoke, and you talk to older the older generation, or you talk to people in Luton too, they would remember him. Really?
0: Yeah. Okay. That I thought you were going to go the other way there. Like you go there oh, and you no know one remembers remember Okay, him. they do remember him because wow.
1: he was he was a Stokey. He would he yeah. did make a difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, that generation is very old now <laughs> yes, yeah yeah
0: <laughs> world war Two survivors yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah.
1: but then you'd also get oh i i regularly get like emails or messages like oh yeah my dad remembers playing mm. him like, he told me about how he's the best best left uh inside left that he's ever seen or, yeah you know so mm-hmm. there are footprints yes there is yeah. a you know <clears throat> i want to try and really really yeah tell the story and let more people know about it because it's important
0: yeah so Let's, let's go back to Frank. So given the era that he played in, um, what kind of challenges did he face as a Chinese footballer? You know? This
1: is a good question. And it's a question that I get asked quite quite often. Mm. I can't answer for Frank mm. because, to be honest, I've never... You weren't there. I yeah. weren't there. <laughs> yeah. um, but I could assume very yeah. well that he must have. He must have. I mean, because there's... there's it back to his england career i'm going to say a story about uh, a player called jack leslie okay he played in the 20s he got caught up to play for england but then the selectors found out he was black mm. and then he was told not to
0: come yeah okay he's recently he's been
1: awarded a, a, a cap now
0: oh nice oh he's, he's officially yeah yes okay. they've, they've, given, well, they've given him the honorary cap Honorary cap, but
1: that's the sort of background of the era of when frank would have been playing yeah and then it wasn't until the 70s for the next person of color to play for england so yeah there must be something there right
0: yeah and what well you, we just see it today right the, the kind of racism that that we hear about and that you know people make comments about and everything but it, you know, it's just Saka the other yeah, day, yeah, yeah, right? You know, yeah. ne- front page yeah. next day racism and stuff. So we we, we are shouting that. and if it's still going on today, yeah. Well, but last decade, the decade before, exactly. you know, and then the sixties, fifties, forties, thirties, you know,
1: we can. It, we must, can, have been, it must have been, must mean something, and there is. So his family, the, the Sioux family, maintains that his England career and. To extent his footballing career was scuppered a bit after. Um, so after the war, there was a newspaper cartoon with him in, uh, with the sort of stereotypical okay. slanty eyes yeah, yeah, yeah. and coolie hat, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they they think
0: that since that after that point, his England career went went downhill. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that. A detriment to him. Yes. The mockery kind of was a. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, all
1: through his career, he was always referred to, the Chinese player or the Anglo Chinese player. Yeah. So that
0: was all and you'd ex- you'd expect that in a sense. Yeah, I'm not too surprised yeah. by that. That seems kind of light, actually. Yeah. Now, that, given the...
1: and I don't think that's necessary racism, mm-hmm. in the sense that he was. Yeah. So yeah. you know you you at least you used but that was label. his identity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. But. Something must have happened, and I think the uh, the the reason why he he left England to do to manage it, to be a manager in Scandinavia, he must have been running away from something too. Really, no, that's it's interesting. Yeah. A personal thing, or whether it's more opportunities there because mm. maybe he didn't get those sort of opportunities because of his race. I, I, as I said, I can't really speak for it. Yeah, no. But there's there's a lot of things here where you think, yeah, yeah, you can, you can make an assumption. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well. How did his performance at Stoke shape his career? And what were some of his, you know, were there any memorable moments from that, that time there? So his, stoke, and I think one of the things that I want to say about another
1: barrier that him, not just him, but I think many players of his era, the war was a big thing. Yeah. That, so just a
0: click. Yeah, so, so the war, and that's why the caps, was. although he played for England, so can you just talk about, because you mentioned an honorary cap now. Yeah. Right, so now, so... Yeah, talk about that.
1: So during the war he played, uh, there were international friendlies or um, wartime friendlies, Mm. where it was usually England against uh, Scotland or England against Wales. Mm. So he played nine times for England. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also actually represented the armed forces teams. Mm -hmm. And also he was captain of the RAF team. Mm. So, and a lot of times those teams would have had the free lines on their shirt. Mm -hmm. So, and there's times when there's, they were representing England, but it wasn't England and it was just uh, a friendly, Mm -hmm.
0: even though on paper, there's nine,
1: nine that was official,
0: unofficial, that's right. Official, unofficial caps. There's still a whole kind of, yeah.
1: Of other games where he had. He was representing England, yeah. yeah. Whether it's for the FA or for horses, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So
0: there was a few more, yeah. Um, and you got you got a replica oh, yes. of what he would be. So. Where, you know, what was someone in that era? Yeah, what would so they be wearing is, at that time? This is
1: a replica shirt from the uh, late, uh, well, the late thirties and early forties.
0: Yeah, put the three lines to yeah. the to the camera. Can you see wow, that,
1: that yeah. badge there.
0: That's the old old badge.
1: Uh, the number six on the back because he was uh, a number six, mm-hmm. which is inside left. Yeah, not sure if you, you know much about the
0: uh, yeah, what, 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 is, what is inside left? So inside is that left?
1: Is that left back? No, so they would have played in a WM formation. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, and an inside left would have been the defensive midfielder on the left.
0: Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would have played there
1: or on the inside right, and he was. Generally known at the time as being the best inside left player yeah, yeah. Uh, of of that era. Nice. There's there's been uh, this is in the newspapers saying that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the position he played in. I mean, I get asked that quite often. What what sort of player was yeah. he? Kind of. And it's, it's really hard for me to say because I've I've never met him. There's there's not any footage really of him. Yeah. We found we found some footage that it may be of him, but because yeah. it's black and white and all gray yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but he was a very versatile player uh-huh. um, and in some ways because of his versatility that was quite detrimental to him because instead of being played in the position he always wanted to be played uh-huh. in he was always put in wherever he fit in which I guess in some ways reflects the person and I guess reflects how how we are as a, commu- as a community as a community from a Chinese background I feel sometimes it's like you just get on with it uh-huh. Something needs to get done. You just get on with it. You just go ahead and do it. So I don't know.
0: There's, there's there's some sort of.
1: I feel there's a mirror there some sometimes.
0: Yeah. Any goals? Own goals? Or uh, okay, you want some stats? Yeah, give me give me, give <laughs> me some give me some stats.
1: Uh, so he made 173 appearances um, for Stoke and only scoring three times. Yep. So he wasn't very perif- prolific. I can't
0: say yeah, but he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't a. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> yeah, attacking. Yeah, 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 exactly. you yeah, not expect that. Yeah,
1: um, but he. As a, he was known as a very good inside left, and had a very good ball skills, mm-hmm. and was very fit, which was very um, was not common in those. days. Because they were drinking and smoking. And yeah. So he was yeah. he was teetotal. He yeah. never drank. He never smoked. Yeah, yeah. And he really he really took on the whole um, physical keeping your physical aspect mm. there, yeah, yeah. which is which was very rare back in those days and like even talking to his his family they remember him as like a 60 70 year old still like ripped, still oh, hench, yeah, 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 yeah. and like doing press ups in the yeah, garden yeah. and showing like all the kids and stuff mm-hmm. so he really looks after himself which is yeah. very uncommon back in those days
0: so is he's half chinese yes. and he's half english yes that's right so mother father and so, a yeah. bit of like the parents and how so
1: his dad uh, came over in the early
0: uh, 1900s um he really from come, hong kong china uh, from, from
1: a place called kai fung which is in guangdong
0: okay so southern china yeah southern china yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: uh he was a laun- he he worked as a laundry man on mm-hmm. the merchant navy and then he landed in liverpool mm. he married um a local woman mm-hmm. and they back in those days it was laundries you you were, you, you don't know yep, in the same similar way, I, I grew up in a takeaway. So yeah, back, our, in, yeah, it
0: was, yeah. You yeah. see it in the movies, the, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Asians' laundries, that's right. Yeah, even in the states as well. That was, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: So, and they, so he was born in, um in Buxton in Derbyshire, mm. Um and then they moved around that area. They lived. He grew up in the Liverpool area, mm. uh, so he he does. He's a bit of a scouser. Yeah, a lot of his family are still well extended family so did
0: out. he the ever? you he must have had a, a strong
1: so yeah he he played for liverpool schoolboys, mm. and i think at the time a lot of people were saying how much of a shame it was that he didn't ever play for everton or liverpool he did play for everton so one of the, the funny things about the war is that um so football carried on during the war but it was, a, it was very different um they got more localized so it wasn't like a it wasn't like the the league where the Premier League where everyone played everyone in the whole country they had it in yeah. regions mm-hmm. and then players because of the war they would have been so he was in the RAF and he would have been posted at different places and he they were allowed to guest appear for other teams mm. so he played for Everton a few times he played for Newcastle he played for Brentford he's played for mm. Chelsea Chelsea even recognized that he's played for them Wow well, I said Brentford's, but yeah, he back then it yeah. was quite uh, it was quite interesting seeing yeah. how all these players went around that place, mm-hmm. and I think for the spectator that would be quite interesting because yeah. you know, oh wow, randomly you yes. know someone yeah. comes down from an yeah. England team that plays mm-hmm. for you, so it's it seemed quite exciting. And mm-hmm. yes, yeah, to answer your question, he has a lot
0: of connections with with the Liverpool area,
1: mm-hmm. um, so yeah.
0: I can imagine how, like, a positive vibe during war times because, you know, we just experienced COVID and how miserable that was. But can you imagine there's actually war
1: yeah.
0: where people are going to fight and, you know, potentially at any moment we, you know, yeah. we can get attacked. But to be able to, you know, provide that entertainment and to, you know, just something to get people's mind.
1: Yeah, it was a big, yeah. massive thing um, because what, what happened during the First World War was because they didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And that was quite and they and they had um, the whole idea of um, uh, like whole clubs would join join the army together, mm. and then they would have all die when they yeah. all go and jump over the, the, the trenches together, and that that decimated football, mm. and that was very detrimental to to morale. So they decided during the Second World War to keep it going, and but to have it in that sort of yeah. way. Yeah. So yeah you're totally right and it's interesting when you think about when you remember covid the first thing that they wanted to get everything back to normal was
0: football yeah football. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: so there's yeah
0: parallels there exactly yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah if yeah. anything goes bad you always know that there will be football there to keep your mind off things so
0: <laughs> so what impact did, did frank have on the british asian community and the perception of asian footballers in england both during his time in active playing and also in you know in the era that followed. Do you know what? I think his impact
1: back then for the Chinese community mm. was very small mm. because no one really knew about him. Mm. even now. It's only th- with the work that I've been doing mm. from the foundation that I feel that we're, we're talking about him a little mm. more. and I'm hoping that will inspire people. But I think at the time, I don't think it was a thing. Nobody really thought about it. Mm.
0: Um, but wouldn't it have been groundbreaking at the time, or would it have been more met more with "Wow, this is" or "or resistance"? Or if he's a good footballer, I
1: don't know to be honest. I mean, a mix of, I th- mix I of really all,
0: maybe you'll always get the racists. You'll always get yeah, those that I mean. I know, think the, when you
1: look at the press, so there are there was press like foreign press like uh, in China and Hong Kong that did mention him. Um, he was featured in like the Singapore um, straight times the straights yeah. times so that he he did have an impact and it did he was noticed but I think I don't know I mean like mm-hmm. football never really caught on in our communities because yeah. it's not the thing that we not the thing that we did yeah. comments yeah. so you know it's it's hard to say for me to say that Maybe it hasn't had an effect, but then now it has. Now yeah. I hope it does. Now I hope it's something that we can really, really pull on and, yeah. and talk about, you know, earlier how you're saying how um, the lack of representation. Mm. No, we are. We have been re- represented. Yeah, We need to pull on that. We need to use that. We yeah. need to use that to advantage and, and think about it and, and let that sink in. And, yes, yeah. So I think a lot of it is more in retrospect. And I think it's, it's quite interesting too because... So a lot of of the fa- I, I'm in contact with the family a lot, and Frank's family, yeah. yes, yeah. So extended family. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're very very proud of what he's done, and they're really happy of the the things that we're mm-hmm. doing at the foundation. Um, but I sometimes get the feeling with the older generation is like they never really connected the dots of how that can affect the next generation. Mm-hmm. It's always been oh yeah it's just my uncle or my great uncle who played for England, yeah, yeah. which is brilliant. Yeah yeah yeah. But then it's never like Oh, but then yeah that can inspire someone else to play
0: mm-hmm. because I
1: think it's one of those things when people never really talked about that anyway in the, in, yeah. in the past.
0: It's almost unbelievable mm. that, that, that that's why right so explain to us what is the Frank Sioux Foundation? Um, so yeah let's know a little bit about what's going on nowadays.
1: yeah so the Frank Sioux Foundation we've got three aims. Uh, firstly is to tell his story uh, which is the the heritage side. Secondly, is to work with other East and Southeast Asian communities um, to, to build better communities. So that's the community side. And finally, is to help um, help anyone in the East and Southeast Asian community in their aspirations in football, whether it's to be a player, to be a coach, to, to just even go and watch football. Yeah.
0: Or even just, to keep fit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's... it's I
1: said it's not it's not what we usually do yeah and I want it to be something that we do do Mm -hmm. and I want it to be something that is normal for us yeah so yeah those are the three three main areas that we work on um and within that we have lots of projects um like even last last week when I was talking about the fan the fandom side of things last week we had um we're working with Hendon football club which is down the road from here just around the corner Um, and they invited the Brent Chinese Association to come in, bring all, bring people from the Chinese community to come and watch a non-league game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which probably the first time it's ever happened, mm. I think. Yeah. So, you know, and for some of the people who came, it's the first time they've ever been to a football stadium to watch a game. Well, yeah. I mean, they lost 4-0, but <laughs> <laughs> besides that, it's, it's, it's one of those things, because like, it's part of the culture here. It's part of being, being British. Hundred percent, yeah. So why hasn't there been more interactions here? Mm-hmm. And I think you know, it's, it's one of the things that we need to help, help yeah. push along and help do. Yeah. Um, and then there's also other other projects we have. Um, so yeah, one of the big ones actually with with his story. So next week. I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, on the 9th of May is uh, Frank Suday, As I said, the, the Google Doodle was released uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. but So that marks the um, his debut for England in 1940, uh, 1942. Right. So right. this year will be 81 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and we are releasing a radio documentary, uh, a short radio documentary uh, to investigate his life. So that's the one of the things I want to plug here today okay. is that we're going to be releasing that on the day, and hopefully everyone go on there listen to it. We'll be releasing the uh, the details very soon on our social medias to find out where it will be. Um, but hope we're hoping that this will be a starting point um, for a bigger project um, to make it a long a longer and bigger project yeah. on Frank's life, and also maybe even look at other forgotten people. In, in. Mm-hmm history.